0: Welcome to the JMR Podcast. I'm your host, Jelani, a.k.a. Jedi Master Wren, and I'm going to take you all on a trip to a galaxy far, far away. On tonight's journey, we discuss the first year and a half of the console launch and the slow crawl to next-gen. My initial impressions after a week with the WWE 2K22, and last, we'll do the Kessel Run in under 12, and recap the Hogwarts legacy state of play. If you like what I'm doing, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, follow wherever you get your podcast services, and you can also follow the show on Twitter at the JMR Podcast. Now, let's jump to hyperspace. Woohoo, boy. All right, guys. So now that we are safely in Lightspeed, I would like to start off by talking about or by reading a little article that I came across um, a couple days ago. Uh, This article, oh, well, it was yesterday, actually, uh, released yesterday at 8 a.m. This is from Push Square from Sammy Barker. It is titled Hideo Kojima's New Project Getting Lots of Sony Love. All right. So Hideo Kojima is working on his next project, and he's getting a lot of love from Sony yet again. The auteur has been handed a prototype of the Japanese giant's teleconferencing technology, MADO, which he's using to oversee motion capture sessions taking place in the United States. This is not publicly available, or this is not a publicly available kit yet. So Kojima has received early access here. And it goes over a tweet that Hideo made. It says MADO has been very useful. And it's this cool thing. It's like a panel. And it's sitting in an office. And it looks... Basically like FaceTime, but it is through this panel. So basically, I assume that the panel is connected directly to uh, the mocap that's happening in the United States while he's where he's at. So that's really cool that, you know, they have that kind of technology that you don't have to be here. Obviously, you know, we've kind of had to get there with uh, technology based on uh, the pandemic. But it's cool that they're that Sony's letting him use this. But we go on. Interestingly... The motion capture sessions appear to be taking place in Sony Santa Monica's studio, which the company does admittedly rent out to third parties. For example, Resident Evil 8 Village's cutscenes were shot there. First-party projects will always take priority at the location, however, so this will fuel um, speculation that the Metal Gear, or the Metal Gear Man, has partnered with PlayStation again. In other news, Kojima won. Um, one of, Je- or one of Japan's most prestigious cultural awards this week for uh, outstanding achievements in various fields of arts. And who was first to congratulate him? Well, Kojima posted a photo on social media of two bunches of flowers sent from Sony's Japan's third-party relations chief, Kichiro Urata, and PlayStation president, Jim Ryan. So he posts a picture, and it's both of the bouquets and some wine. So he says, obviously, we're reading deep into things here, but there are actually strong rumors that Kojima is making a cloud-based game in collaboration with Microsoft, which we did hear about earlier this, um, or earlier last year, I think in the middle of the year. But it seems like this, um, like his ties to Sony are still strong. What are you hoping, that was me saying that, I apologize. What are you hoping the Artur makes next? Do you think it'll be another PlayStation published project? Don't abandon us in the comment section below. Okay, well... I'm not really talking about if he's really you know where what project he's working on that's not really why I thought this was interesting. Why I thought this was interesting is the fact that Sony is renting out these spaces for third party developers to come in and utilize their technology you know at the Sony Santa Monica studio. I think that's really cool and it's it it it's something that you know i i mean obviously I did not know that that was you know going on in the background. And to see that, you know, Resident Evil 8 was, the, they filmed the cutscenes there. And it, it's saying that it filmed, you know, all of them there. So that's, I mean, obviously, they, it you know, some of them could have been filmed elsewhere. But it seems like the majority of them were filmed in the Sony Santa Monica studio. They rented that out, which is pretty cool, you know. So the fact that Sony is kind of, you know, playing with the industry and they're not holding their stuff, you know, back. And we already saw that when... um. Kojima was working with, uh, but, you know, when they were making Death Stranding, and they got to use the engine that uh, Guerrilla made for Horizon. However, it was a game that was exclusive to PlayStation, so realistically that was probably in the deal while they were making it. However, this is just, you know, it could be one of those situations where he's a third-party developer and he is renting that space out. And because they have good standing with them, and again, maybe, maybe down the road, they're trying to you know butter him up so if the chance arises that metal gear is up in conversation they can possibly get that you know but again i'm not speculating on that i'm just saying they have we already know that they have good standing with each other that they are you know they hideo kojima is cool with these people over there at sony so uh and i mean like probably on a personal level too realistically because he's worked with them you know with the metal gear franchise for years back in the day so um it does seem like this is could be something like that like maybe he ju- is just using it just to uh as a third party developer and he rented it out you know and I think that's interesting I think that's the the point that I wanted to take away from this article here um so that's just a little uh, just something I found and I was like you know what I I I feel like that's that's pretty cool that's cool that they did that but um I do want to get into a deeper discussion here so i want to kind of talk about uh our slow crawl into this generation so we are about a year and a half you know into this console generation consoles came out in november so we are in march that's about five months so we're a couple months away from being a year and a half into this current generation into these uh, the current hardware that we're at now and i you know obviously we know And we're just gonna get out of the way. We're in a pandemic. You know, it's, it's getting better, but we are still seeing the effects and we're seeing the effects of what happened, you know, it coming on, you know, back in 2020. And we're seeing those, you know, impacting us still now. And obviously, we're seeing shortages and we're seeing shortages everywhere across the map. I mean, it's not even just the video game industry we're seeing shortages in, you know, the food service industry where I work at, and we're 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 seeing shortages at uh, retail stores and at grocery stores, and it's it's everywhere. Plastics out one week, breads out another week. It's like it's 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 flip flopping, and it's it's crazy out there. So, understandably so. Like it's it's been a hard time. It's been a a hard pressed you know time trying to get through these waters right now and the real conversation comes in when you think of okay well what was the real plan for for these consoles you know like we knew this was happening now granted obviously production had started they had to they had to push it is what it is they had to meet quota they had to get you know recoup some kind of money based on them already starting production on them back you know probably in 2019 so it is what it is there But do we think that, you know, maybe pushing it back, saving those in a warehouse somewhere and pushing back the launch would have done anything? And realistically, again, because of these shortages hitting, probably not. It was probably good for them to to make as many consoles as they could while while they had the stock in hand before other companies really, you know, started getting them. And we're talking about other tech companies, not just the gaming industry. Because we're talking about the chip shortage here. So, it's, it, it, it's an interesting concept to think about. Because it, it doesn't seem like there is a way to get around, you know, how long this transition is. And how long it's probably going to continue to be. Um, but, as I'm sure all of you have probably started to see, a lot more games we're seeing that are coming out and that are being announced and released are cross-generation. Which, I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. At all but it's just we're we're not seeing any of them that are exclusives to, you know, the next gen hardware. And what if that deters some, you know, cuz we're not getting sales, right? We're not seeing we're not seeing just the PS5 or just Xbox Series X uh games. What if those sales don't come in for those games? I mean for um those consoles. So people aren't really gravitating towards them because they're not really seeing those things. Again, they're looking at only exclusive. They're not looking at the benefit of, well, you know, even these cross-gen games, They it still is an upgrade from, you know, what the PS4 was able to do on the PS5 compared to in what the Xbox One was able to do compared to Series X. So, it's one of these things that we just have to kind of get through. And we have to think about why or how can we get out of this? And how can we move forward? Or, not even how can we, but how can these companies move forward? How, where, where, where is Sony going to do? What is Sony going to do? And what is Microsoft going to do from here and where are they going to go from here? Because it does seem like this long of a, you know, of a transition period where we're going to see these cross-gen games, it doesn't seem like that was supposed to be the case. And, you know, obviously game development is game development. So if there's a game that was going to be specifically for the PS five or series X, that game is going to be for that those consoles. It is what it is. Those are already planned out. But what about new projects that are coming out now that are being created? And I would hope, obviously, that we can all see and that these developers see. Well, you know, it is what it is. We're in a pandemic. And they try to, you know, continue to see the benefit of making a game exclusive or not. But we might not see that for some time. And what that does is... That pushes the lifespan of this console generation to a length that I don't even know what it's going to be. I have no idea. You know, like are are we going to see a regular lifespan of this when almost you know by at the end of this year in November we will still be getting cross gen games two years later and that's fine. Again, I'm not saying that that is an issue. I really want to preface that, but. It's just interesting to think about that after two years because of, you know, all of these shortages and how everything shook out with this thing. I mean, this thing was hard to get. Both of these, you know, these consoles were hard to get. Everything is hard to get right now if you're looking for tech. And it's like it, it, it was infuriating, you know, to see everybody, you know, at work, see all of uh, all of these guys that I'm working with who are trying to get a console and they can't get one because X, Y and Z you know oh well the 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 website didn't work or this that or the other didn't work or you know like it, they were immediately sold out we've what we we all know the stories so it just creates this situation where you know if you've got one you kind of feel guilty because you know there are people who are diligently trying to get a console and they can't because of the climate that we're in right now and again launching at the end of 2020, why I say, you know, maybe we could we have pushed it back? I'm not saying push it back, like, until it gets better. But, like, mm, you know, pushing it, coming out in 2020 when this all started is kind of what also drove that fever to get one. I I, 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 I really believe that because everybody was cooped up in the house. And, you know, that's when we saw a big increase in revenue in the gaming industry and yeah, uh, rightly so again you know why it's because people are cooped up and if you're not into gaming you may you may have tried gaming and that's might have been how you you know you, you became a gamer is during this period and that's really cool that actually is really really cool that you know something good could come from this situation like that but it's it still is crazy to think about how long we could be in this generation just because of circumstances that are out of everybody's control, you know, with this, with these shortages and stuff like that. So, you know, um, obviously, scalpers had a huge initial uh, push in making this a harder debacle than it should have been. But I really don't think that that is the real problem anymore. You know, like, it still is just where we're at it's these companies can't put enough out there on the shelves what's cool what i will say is cool is that the xbox series s i there was a day i started just looking and there was a, a at least like at least five average five at almost every target that i um that i looked up on my app that day um and i immediately messaged one of my friends i was like hey man they got they got them at every single one you better you better get them now you better get one now i know you're trying to wait out for you know an x but i get get this one now and then if you don't like it then you can you know trade it in get the x cool but at least you got something for now and it's 300 bucks and took me up on that offer went and got it that day and didn't look back he is very happy with with his that's the you know so at least Xbox you know came in with that with that one um with that console that kind of mid-tier console where they were able to get it on a shelf so you know it, we're we're seeing a slow progression and because of this fact because of these shortages and i really do think that we could probably be in this generation for maybe 10 years, you know what I'm saying, like, think of this, uh, PS4 generation, 2013, what, end of 2013, and we got these consoles at the end of 2020, that's seven years, and I'm talking about, we're probably going to be in cross-gen land for, you know, at least two right now, I, I see, I see a 10 year now, and I don't think that was the plan, I think maybe, maybe they're trying to cut it, maybe six, maybe seven again, but, I do not think a 10 year plan was on the, was on the books, but it is what it is. So that's where we're, that's where we're at right now. I really hope that it gets easier out there. You know, like I, it's just, it's, it's not fun to, to see people that, you know, I know are trying their best to try to get one of these and then not be able to, but you know what is, you you know, what's crazy and you know, what is funny about the, about about the situation, or not even about the situation, but about people who are not, like, who don't know about the situation, uh, my wife told me about some lady who came into, I guess she was probably about our age, like, 26 or something like that, but, um, she was looking for, hey, maybe she was a little older, maybe she was, like, in her 30s, I don't know, but, um, she, uh, came in and was saying that she was, and this is during Christmas time, she said that she was going to Best Buy to go pick up a PlayStation Five, and I just looked at my wife because she came home and told me that. And I just looked, and I was like, "Are, are you serious? Like, does she, the, what? Oh my gosh! It is, it's, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a bad Christmas. It's gonna be a bad Christmas. And it's just like you, you can't just be like, Ugh. you gotta know, you gotta search. We've got phones, you know, search. All right." little timmy wants a ps5 ps5 and then you're gonna see shortages shortages restock not out sold out sold out sold out okay well i don't think we'll be getting the ps5 this year this christmas you know what i'm saying but that was just it, it, i think it's funny when people think that they can just waltz into the store and just pick one up off the shelf we have it, it's not to that point yet and at this point who knows when it's going to get to when who knows when we'll be able to see you know a Series X or PlayStation 5 just on the shelf, just sitting there for anybody just to come in and pick up. But let's transition over to my initial impressions of WWE 2K22. Let's go to a little lighter side here because I absolutely adore this game and i i'm telling you like i i wasn't expecting to like really like that you know like i wasn't i wasn't expecting to get deep into this um but this game is this game is something good and again it it's got it's it's it doesn't have like performance jank but it does have like i i guess wrestling game jank or fighting game jank where you know there might be a little a little glitch on um you know while you're running or something. No, you know what? I I do lie. I apologize. Let me back that up. I almost forgot cuz I didn't write it down. I had like two uh what is it? No, three. I apologize. It crashed on me three times. Three times this game crashed on me. So there there are there is that. I'm saying but performance-wise, I didn't see any bugs, but for that for it, it they literally and i i can't tell you what i did to make it crash like if it was something that i recreated i i i didn't one time it was during one um one wrestler's um intro just shut off and then once was right after a match and i had to do it again and then once was right before the match like right, like right when the match started, it, um, it crashed, sent me home, and then it just booted me up right when the match started again, so three crashes in my week's worth of playing it, I don't think, I haven't gotten an update for it as of yet, I don't believe, except for day one patch, um, so can't really say anything else, but uh, all in all though, performance-wise, it's, it's pretty solid. It's it's pretty solid, and it looks incredible. It looks fantastic. The lighting on it is amazing. I will say, granted, I'm thinking of my my uh, created character, and even no, because I I was uh, John Cena at the end. You know, when when you're actually in the match, it's a little you know it doesn't look as good as it does when you're you know going through the entrances. But obviously, that's a cutscene. You know as opposed to actually having to fight and play but it does look really good with the lighting and especially when you're coming when they're coming in you can see pores on people's faces. I'm telling you on faces, on their arms, it is awesome, it is amazing and even the what makes it the uh, what makes it good for me or what makes it something that is special to me is that, you know, I'm not, a, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge WWE fan, I am not, I, I, I don't really have a history with WWE, my history starts with my best friend Brandon, and he uh, is a huge, huge, well, was a huge WWE fan, back when we were kids, growing up, and he is the one who got me to even start you know playing the games that was the first thing and then he would want me to watch the you know watch it on tv and i would watch it not really get into watching it that much but i really really did get into the games this is back on the ps2 so we're talking smackdown versus raw and i absolutely i i I love smackdown versus raw and i believe it was 2008 is the one that is uh my favorite or, you know, the one that sticks out the most to me because he let me borrow that game when, um, one, when one of my siblings was born and I had to stay in the hospital with, um, with my mom and I stayed there for, you know, like four days or whatever. And, um, we, I had that game and I literally just played the entire time I was there. And so like, I have a very fond memory of this game and, I've always, you know, ever since then, I've just really liked wrestling games. So I've even, you know, messed around with other wrestling games like TNA. When TNA, oh my gosh, I, I love TNA. And I I created, because they didn't have suicide in the game. And I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't have suicide. I made suicide in that game because I just really, really liked him. I don't, I just, was like, I really like suicide. And I don't know why they didn't put him, because he was a TNA wrestler. So I just don't under... Stand why they didn't? Wait, no, 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 no. Hang on a second. I he I played him when I played him on TNA, I played as him. And then I made I tried to make him in the regular WWE because I lost my TNA copy. (laughs) That's why, yeah. So I moved him over to WWE and I was trying to continue his story that I started in the TNA game. And it was it was a fun time, man. Like TNA was TNA was cool. TNA was real cool. It was different than um than like you know what SmackDown vs. Raw was. Back in the day but it it really was it was something else it it it, it was kind of like a little bit more arcadey if i had to say anything but it still was a decent time and it was a it was a fun time for me i really really liked that game but this game here and why i am like really feeling nostalgic for it is because again it feels like that old school smackdown versus raw 2008 it feel like I have spent hours because I accidentally deleted a character. I was creating a character, and then I accidentally deleted the character by accident because I didn't realize what was going on. You know, the, the character creator, and I pressed back too many times and deleted the character, had to start from scratch, started from scratch, created the character, and then realized that in My Rise, you don't use any created character that you already have. You have to create a character specifically for My Rise. so I had to create another character. <laughs> so, I created three characters in one night, basically, and I go through and I make their move set and when we're playing it out like it's I, I you know you know well once you go through and you're listing out the move sets and you're you know you're going through and creating basically you know a style that you like then you're seeing these different moves in these different handholds and they're not hard. They're very simple. And that was one thing that the earlier 2K games when 2K got the WWE license, they they tried to make it more of a simulation. Kind of like um I would say UFC. UFC seems more like a simulation of UFC more than a like Arcade game you know you have to be it's very technical and you have to learn the different um you know the different swivels of the analog and it's it's very uh tedious at times and I that's one of the reasons that I just you know I'm like you know what I I am okay for sometimes I I really again before EA got the the UFC license I really liked it I think I did like um their first one that they did I have not played uh, you. uh, Let's see, three or four, Um, but you know, after two, I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know if this is you know my thing anymore. It's getting way too technical, and that was the same thing that was happening with um, with WWE and under the two K brand is that it was just getting too technical for my taste, and I was like, look, man, I just want to throw somebody on a table, like, and why? I just want to pick somebody up, like you know, like every single time, like the my last two K game was two K fourteen. I believe, uh, yeah, last one was 2k14, and that was the one where I was like, man, the controls, like, are changed, and they just don't really understand them, and I don't understand why it seems like it's, you've got to do a lot more and jump through a lot more hoops to get to the same result that we were at, you know, before, and, like, it seemed like we'd already figured it out kind of thing, um, so just a little weird there, but going back to, um... You know, now fast forwarding five years to 2K19 because I did try that one out too. Literally one match and nothing changed. It was the same thing. I was like, man, I'm not really feeling this, dude. I'm not. I don't know about this one. And getting into this though, getting into this from the jump immediately, like I I was in. I was, I was hooked because it doesn't take a lot to do high flying moves. It doesn't. It's very simple to pick up and play but harder to master and those kind of skills it's just like spider-man when you're swinging right you can any you can give i gave spider-man to my nine-year-old brother and he was swinging he knew he knew how to swing i just told him look you just hold down r2 and you use the analog and you go where you want to go and he started swinging because he loves spider-man so Uh, he's not nine anymore, but that was when he was nine. So, um, it's, it's something that is easy to pick up and play, but if you want to be a master at it, that's where you're going to have to take more skill. And I feel like the same thing is here. You can easily pick this up and play it and do these high flying moves, but it's going to take you a little bit to, you know, figure out what exactly we're going to be doing here. But yeah, so like I say, I really do like this game because of that fact and the fact that it does bring me back to that old school 2008 days uh or uh, smackdown versus raw 2008 and it it's it's more so than just that too so again i i put most of my time into my rise so my rise is basically going to be your career mode and i had to create myself unfortunately they don't have Jedi Master Ren, So, you can uh forever call me, at least in the WWE Universe, as the Legend Killer, Lord Vader. Because that is literally a name that I could have him say as, like, as an, or the announcer say. And I was like, you know what? We are going for that. So, I have been taking him through the ranks. And I'm telling you guys, like, the the My Rise is, I think, the main thing that has hooked me. At least for story content. And... I I will say I've only done one match of the showcase and we will discuss that one it's the very first one but um going back to the My Rise it is I I love the setup I love that how you have to how it starts you start off in just you know the training gym and you've got to kind of you know build yourself up and you've got to you know earn these people's respect and earn a spot in these different companies NXT uh, Smackdown or Raw and once you do that then you start taking on these different storylines and i mean you start taking the storylines on in the gym itself and all these things are is just different matches but different stories behind the matches so let's say when you first get in you got to figure out, okay, do you want to be, you know what, we're not going to say when you first get in, we're not going to do that, I'm going to tell you guys um, a story, it was called uh, Money in the Bank Robbery, that was the storyline, so, story goes, talk to the GM, he goes, hey man, uh, you know Money in the Bank's coming up, I was like, yeah, he's like, you want in, I said, yeah, <laughs> so he goes, all right, um, well, you can't just get in, you need to, you know, do this qualifying match, I said, okay, do the qual- qualifying match, get in, cool. And it's like, there's, there's a couple matches cause he's like, it's a qualifying match. And then I think there was one other, yeah, there was a qualifying match. And then they put all six of us in a three tag match before the mat, before the, the, uh, money in the bank match, which was like, okay, you know, they're just trying to, they're trying to make content, you know, cool. But then, um, we go to the main, uh, the money in the bank match and, Oh gosh, Whew. man, that, Again, gave me that feeling of 2008, of back when I was a kid, and just like, I, how, how am I going to do this? I don't even know. And the thing is, guys, I, ha- I, I didn't look up the controls, and it was a new way to unlock the briefcase. And another thing, too, camera angle sucked, or at least the, the objective being at the very top of the map because it cut off the instructions on what I was supposed to do at the top of the map, you know, to unlock the thing, so I really couldn't see it, and finally, I looked, I, like, got real close, and I was able to see what I was supposed, what buttons I was supposed to press, and presto, got it, don't know how, but it took a very long time, it took so long, and I, it it gave me that thrill of, like, wow, this is, this is nuts, like, we are all going crazy in here, man, like, I don't know how anybody does this, this is wild, so get the thing, cool, And afterwards, I get interviewed, and they're like, all right, you're now Money in the Bank, you know, champion. What are you going to do? And I said, listen, I am not, I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to hold on to this forever. I'm also not going to just, you know, come show up at a match. I am telling you right now, Roman Reigns, I want your title. I got the Money in the Bank briefcase. I want a match. I'm telling you right now. And I'm like, you know what? That's respectable, right? Guys, that's respectable. So we go and do that, and uh we get the match. Go and fight him in the match, and one thing I will say is as soon as the objectives start popping up when it's like, oh, um, grapple, you know, you're beating this dude up, and then it's like, oh, grapple him. It's like, oh, cool. So, some BS is about to happen. And uh, some BS happened after I grappled him. So, I grapple him. And um, this dude named K.O., I believe it's Keith Owens, if I'm not mistaken. Owens is his last name for sure. I believe it's Keith. But either way, he goes by K.O. K.O. comes out. He apparently has a Money in the Bank briefcase from last year. And he decides he is going to cash in right now. I have already beat down Roman Reigns, and I was about to get the pin. And now he's running in. He's saying he's this is now a triple threat he knocks me out he pins me he gets the title what what I was so i I was I was just I, I'm baffled now I'm baffled now recapping and to see like I was just like okay there there's no way that this is this is there's no way this is real you know like so we're gonna we're gonna talk to GM he goes well Actually, it is real. He's like, we're looking at the terms and uh, conditions of uh, how that works so this doesn't happen again. But unfortunately, this is... that He is well within the rights. I'm like, but... But you guys already had the... I. He's like, I I'm the money in the bank renter. Like, it's the next year? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, now we're here. And I don't remember... I know that there was a bunch of, like, BS matches that we had to do. I think it... Oh, yeah. So, we... Roman Roman and I are both upset Roman feels like the title was stripped from him obviously since I was about to beat Roman the title was stripped from me okay Mr. Rain but um so him and I are both upset and we then have a fight No, no 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 we then are I believe we have a um tag team match first I believe that's what happens yeah we have a tag team match against me and Um, with me and Roman Reigns, and then Keith Owens and this other dude. I don't remember his name. And then after that, uh, Roman Reigns and I fight for a contender match so we can go ahead and fight for the title. I beat Roman Reigns. I then go to Keith Owens. And I beat Keith Owens as well. I might be a little mistaken on the timeline there towards the end, but... With that, the money in the bank, him coming in there like that is the kind of stuff that is like, dude, this is some WWE crap if I ain't never seen it. I'm telling you, man. Like, what are you talking about? This crap is crazy. So, and that, that's, that, that thing really, really intrigued me because of the different directions that this game can go in a matter of seconds. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, hey, man, you don't even have to do much you don't have to do much for something to just like completely go one eighty, and you're like, "Whoa, okay, all right, what what is going on?" So now I want to get to the showcase, and the showcase is is literally I, I, again I only played one, ep- I only did one match of that one, and I really want to dive deeper in because. It's 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 something really special. It's something really, really special. And again, it could be my nostalgia. It could be my nostalgia because, you know, when I was a kid growing up with with my buddy Brandon, I oh, I gravitated towards two of them, two wrestlers, John Cena and Ray Mysterio. Those were my two. Those were those were I don't know why. I think Ray Mysterio, because he was a luchador and he was a high flyer and he was just like just i mean he was to me defying all these odds because he was i mean literally taking down these giant guys because he's you know knowing what he can do and then john cena just because john Cena's, john cena john cena's cool you know i'm saying like i just love john cena and then like to see that john cena too is just like a good guy like it's like respect i like that man i i love i love knowing that actors are are good people but you know some of them aren't it is what it is anyway um so seeing this is the showcase mode with ray mysterio and ray mysterio on the cover is like something awesome because like dude he's been in this for so long for so long he's been doing this and it's like it's about time that we do a deep dive on ray mysterio like and give him some love in the game and to see his showcase mode and how it's kind of presented. And, you know, it starts off with him kind of telling you, you know, where his accomplishments through his eyes. And then it starts to recap the different, you know, main, the or, you know, the biggest events that um, in his career, obviously based on the characters that are still, or characters, the wrestlers that are still within the game based on the contract. So I'm saying any character that Ray. Who is still going to be in this game? You know, because they're still wrestling and still in the WWE. Those are the matches that they chose here. I think there's probably, I think there's like ten, and that first match, there's so much riding on it because you understand what's riding on it because you're you're hearing it from Rey Mysterio himself, and then not only that, Rey Mysterio is narrating over the match as you're as you're fighting, and then not only that, when you do certain moves and certain special moves or like certain objectives it then seamless i wouldn't say like super seamless but i mean it's it's pretty dang good it's 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 pretty dang good you know it's a cut but it's pretty dang good of a cut like how they get it like from either way cuts from game to actual footage of the match back in the day and that right there blew me away and i'm just like you know what they did a really, like, they went in on this mode, and then again, the lighting in this mode, because we're, we're this first match was in um, the WCW days, so that first, or, you know, that in um, the 90s, the, it looked different, the atmosphere looked different, the lighting was different, so you can pick that up as soon as you load in in that match like whoa like this is completely different than what we've been fighting in like in you know Smackdown or Raw or your NXT matches that are in the the main game that are like in the um the My Rise or in um the universe mode and the universe mode is because again that's all I've got for showcase I don't have really much uh, really anything else because I've only done the one match but in that universe mode that's just your standard, you know, you go in and you're basically running off of a calendar. You're running off calendar system. And I remember messing around with that all the time. We'd go over on the weekends and just go in there and, um, what is it, just, like, pick up, we'd pick, what, two wrestlers that we'd wrestle as. And wherever we wherever they would be, that's the match that we play. And we'd just keep going until we'd get, like, to the different pay-per-views. And that's just how we would engorge you know the wrestling games back in the day and i you can do the same thing in this one and it's just but i mean they got way more matches and it's you know it's it's just a blast it's it really is and again i can't preface it enough how much it feels like that again like that old school style but brand new that's that's the thing but brand new except with those crashes brand new (laughs) but let's uh let's move over again we're going to get we're going to get through the Kessel run in 12 parsecs and while we're doing that we are going to touch on Hogwarts state of play that dropped today so i watched this uh l- earlier right before um i record or i'm recording tonight and i do want to first preface that um you know obviously we know about we all are tuned in and we know about the J.K. Rowling situation and that she's a piece of shit realistically and that you know when you don't want to think that people are people that's not right and it really should i mean if it, it is it's very sad it's it's sad that we all are you know kind of weary and uh don't know where to go from here as fans of you know of this IP but um where where I sit, you know me personally, is that, you know. These developers are are creating this game and they're creating this world. And if they are saying, that she has no influence over the game that they are creating, which it seems like they don't, considering they do, they they are adding transgender characters. I do believe that this is that's something that should be celebrated, and. We're going to get into it at the end of this, uh, you know, when when they had their behind-the-scenes talk. But these are fans, and they care. And I think that's something that should be discussed, and that should be, you know, we shouldn't just be like, well, you know, because of J.K. Rowling, we're not going to talk about this team that is completely separate from her. And the other thing is that, and I just had this thought, you know, earlier today, as everybody you know is thinking about how to go about this and how to tread this water and i'm saying people on the outside how do you think that these people on the inside these the developers how do you think that they actually are feeling how do you think their turmoil is while having to deal with all of this and all of this coming up i know that there i'm not saying that everybody is is but i'm just saying that like i think that should be the conversation instead of Oh, well, how, how do you, how, how can, how do you feel? How, how are you, how are you going to go about dealing with this? I think we should be talking about how are these developers and creators dealing with this and how, you know, is it hard for them? And I, I, you know, I can't speak on that, but I, I, I can't imagine that it's an easy process to have to go through again, because it's not easy for any of us. That's the real, that's the real reality of it. But the difference is they're the ones that are working, you know, on something that's in this universe. So, um, but i do i did want to say that at the beginning here just because i i want to get my you know my point straight that you know th- that whatever jk rowling is and what she in her viewpoint is absolutely wrong it's just it's just flat out wrong and she's she's just a horrible person for for having that viewpoint and for thinking like that it's just it's it's unbelievably distasteful and it's unbelievably hurtful that that is her viewpoint and that that has been her viewpoint and to to know that you know she has touched so many lives again so many lives that are in the lgbtq community and that's the it is what it is and that's the thing and again we understand she's going to get the royalties but but you Gotta you got to figure out where you know where we want to draw the line and i think for me personally for me personally i can draw the line at She is not attached, yes, this is her universe, I understand that, but she's not attached to this project. We are doing this as our own entity and we are going to make sure that, you know, the right people are depicted in the correct ways. So let's kind of get into the meat of what we learned um, and what we kind of already knew um saw so touch on things, but you know again, setting is late eighteen hundreds, and um we are starting off late. that was something new that we learned. we're starting off late as a fifth year, which means that you're and I don't know exactly what that means does that mean that you i guess does that mean yeah you went to a different school then yeah, you had to have transferred so Um, that's pretty cool. You know, like you're starting as a fifth year, but no, but the end of thing, they say that you have to, um, that there are things that you have to learn there, like that you have to catch up on. So it's kind of, well, I mean, you know, when you transfer some curricular courses might not go, but I would assume that at a magical school, that wouldn't matter. But either way, I'm confused as to whether you were already in school and you're just doing a transfer, or you're just starting at fifth year, which doesn't make any sense, because why would you start at fifth year and have to, you know, work extra to get that five years that you missed? It seems like that's very important. But either way, uh, you do have the character creator, as we already knew. Um, Not a lot was shown from it. So there is that, like, you know, there wasn't... They didn't really go through any real options. They didn't um, stay on it for very long. It was probably only, like, 20, 30 seconds... Uh, So don't really know too much about that. But obviously, that is a huge focal point of the experience because of, you know, them wanting to or, you know, make this a game where you can build your legacy in this world. And um so... I don't really, you know, we don't really know much more about that based on what they gave us there today or here today. So um, you will attend classes in a number of different subjects across the Wizarding World. So that's pretty cool. Like I, you know, like it looks like you are legitimately just going to be a student at Hogwarts. You're just you're you you got to do the the same things that you know that Harry did, and you've got to roam the halls. You've got to make sure you go to sleep. You've got to, uh, you know, you do get into little hijinks. you got to learn how to um, ride the broom. Right, uh, That is confirmed in this as well. That was really uh, something cool to see. And they, I believe they're riding a Pegasus. That was really cool too. So I'm just, I, I, it, it's, they look like they've put a lot of work into this. Um, so there are going to be some puzzles throughout the halls of Hogwarts. So that's cool. And those puzzles will lead to, other uh, paths or other areas maybe like a um like kind of like a not a dark souls but um what are we thinking like a metroidvania in a sense maybe you know like where you can go into that different room and or go down that path and that'll take you back around or something like that so that would be uh something cool that you could unlock um So, uh, there, some may lead to, like I said, yeah, some may lead to a hidden room that uh, has never been explored by the film, so that's actually really cool, too. They have areas that are in this game that have maybe been talked about or discussed in the film or in the books or in the expanded universe, but they have never been um, seen or, you know, on the film, on the big screen, so never been explored really by anybody with their eyes, so that's really cool. Um, combat looks really dope is uh, in this game too. So it looked like, you know, you can do different builds and really kind of hone in and figure out what you want to do and kind of how you want to build your wizard. It just depends on how many spells you can do, right? Like it, how many how crazy can we get with it? Can you do different things? Can you like kind of move it all around? Can you not move it all around, but can you um have a multitude of different, um, spells that you can just interchange. That's kind of what I'm thinking, because it looked like we saw the same, like, four or five spells, but no, no, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, once you start going, you're going to start to unlock a lot more, and then you can slot them in, because I, I I would assume they're probably going to be done by the face buttons, probably, to enact them, but it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool to see how, um, how combat kind of, um, evolves in the gameplay uh but all the animations while in combat were really cool too like they were they look top-notch They're, you're moving like with precise movements and it it really does look like um like you're in that world um so you can conco- you can concoct potions as well uh that grant valuable perks during combat like uh tiring or like Bringing yourself or turning yourself into stone and uh, then you can take more damage, obviously, because you're a stone man now, Um, but others can be created, too, to help out in other situations as you see fit. So, again, we're seeing that same kind of sense of, you know, we're, we're staying in this universe and we're doing things that they normally would do. And what you know, how a wizard would normally act, and that's going to class, learning these different techniques, learning how to fly your broom, learning how to do spells, um, learning the different secrets. And again, these are things that Harry learned. Is what it really where I'm coming from. Uh The one of the really cool things that I thought was uh, something that just stuck out was you build relationships with your classmates, and they can become companions, and that means that they will come and follow you on your journey. Now I'm assuming. That, that is like they just will be with you for the rest of your journey. Obviously, you, you could maybe step on their toes and that could upset somebody, but I assume that they're going to be with you for the rest of your journey. Now, over time, you'll learn their stories and create a bigger uh, bond between the two of you. And I really do appreciate this aspect, only because it really does feel organic and it feels the same way that Harry and um, Hermione and Ron met and how they became closer and closer and closer as time went on so uh but the fact that they can really be whoever and it's like regardless of house is also pretty cool so it doesn't just have to be regulated to just the house that you are in it can be any house that you're going or any house that you see fit anybody that you're you know that you think is cool you can talk to them and befriend them and that's that's something that's pretty cool um but in your personal room you get access to your own vivarium, and it's a place where you can manage your magical beasts that ha- that you've caught. And the way that you p- catch the beasts, it looks just like in um, what is it the the magical beast movie? I don't remember what the movie's called, but that movie it looks just like that. How he caught those uh those magical beasts, it looked just like that. Where because you have a bag and they get sucked into the bag, and then you bring the bag back to the vivarium that's where you let them go and then you kind of like nurse them back to health and you try to help them out and that's pretty cool it's pretty cool it look i mean it's just like a a like legit wizarding world it it feels like hogwarts it legit does it's it's crazy um but you can travel beyond the walls of hogwarts and this is something i did not know and i guess i don't know why i didn't catch on this i don't i don't know why but i guess i never really did but so you can travel beyond the walls of hogwarts and visit a multitude of different towns which we have different which have different shops and they have different vendors that you can explore and you can find goods that you won't be able to find in the school so that's pretty cool Uh, again that's why you're going to want to learn how to fly on the broom so then it's a lot faster you're not having to walk everywhere you will be able to fly wherever your heart desires um there is also a dynamic changing of the seasons, so as the school year progresses, so too will the weather. That's also pretty cool. Like, I I assume, I mean, there's probably like calendars or something, I don't know what they would use for time, but that would be your variation of time, you know, like you start in the summer, and then as autumn pits, and then we get to winter, and then we get to spring, and then we're back into summer and like that's how you kind of know what year you're in kind of thing that would be that would be cool i'm sure there the it would keep track of that as well it does say holiday 2022 so pretty open-ended not sure you know uh, it, it, will it land we'll see we will have to see um but the next part of this was the dev talk and it was uh their behind the scenes uh discussion and again like I kind of stated before at the top of this conversation, um, I'm really happy that they decided to do this and to show the developers and have them come out and talk about how happy they are to be making this game and how excited they are as fans to make this game. They're making this game as fans for fans of Harry Potter. Of course, guys, they know. Like, they know what's going on. And I feel like, they are going to pay respect to all of the people that should pay that respect should be paid to. And I I don't think that I really think that, you know, they are genuine in what they are trying to create. And that's why I that that's why I wanted to discuss this. At least at least talk about um, you know, the the state of play and just, you know, give you guys my thoughts on it. But um I am happy that they decided to put them in here and so we could see that. But at the end of the day, or well you know i really thought the process um that of them building the map was really cool they knew and expect players to push the limit and free or and see how um far they can go based on like the current knowledge of like the different lore books uh the expanded universe etc so they at least had to go out of their uh, to the farthest point that we've ever seen in any media right and then add more so that those those questions are answered. And then, like, what that's that's why I think that's just an awesome way to think of it. And that's what some of these guys that came on, they're like, look, man, I just wanted to keep adding more to the world because I just love this so much. And it's just like, you know what? You know where I heard that talk? You know where I heard that talk? um, What is it? Spider-Man. The guys at Insomniac. Those are the same dudes. They sounded just like that. And... They they provided a damn good Spider-Man game. One of the best, in, not one of the best, the best Spider-Man game. So, that's what I'm saying, guys. Like, that, it just feels like that these are the kind of people that know Harry Potter. But, as predicted, they went farther back in time to create this bubble, right? This, like, kind of player bubble that they could control the narrative in. Because we haven't seen anything from this era of the Wizarding World. So it gives the player the sense of like they're carving out this their own legacy. And I'm putting quotes around that because obviously Hogwarts legacy in, their, in this universe. So that is, I mean, obviously the best way to go. That way they don't have to get involved with um, the mainline Harry Potter stuff. So that is a safer bet to go into the 1800s. Um, but they wanted it to be a recognizable world but also be completely new and unexplored at the same time. So having that balance of where you're going to be walking through the halls and you're going to be seeing things that they do seem like, or they, they remind you of things from, you know, what you know as Hogwarts, but they may not, or they might not be the same in, you know, in actuality when you actually go down that hall or something like that. So I think that is a, a hard thing to balance to create that, that comfort as well as unease of, like, oh, I guess I, I, yeah, that looks familiar, but it all, but what is it, you know, like, because it's not the same as what it is, you know, 200 years from now, so that's, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about, so um, all in all, you know, 20 minutes to discuss, you know, uh, a snippet of what this is, I'm sure they had, you know, some kind of contract or something that they had to fulfill, because this was, this was shown at um, the, ps5 showcase before the playstation 5 launched so i i assume that they they may have had you know some kind of something in in the works you know signed up or whatever but we'll we'll have to wait and see you know what goes down with the this kind of little partnership we're seeing with um a third-party developer coming in at, on a state of play and just getting a whole state of play to themselves because uh but yeah we'll have to wait and see and um go from there but those are my little those are my thoughts on um this state of play and i will also say too the the fact that we got two state of plays back to back like week to week i don't think anybody knew we were getting this one this came out of nowhere so i think that's pretty freaking crazy that this is kind of like dropped and it just were like yep so yeah but those are my thoughts guys okay so i think i have a snack related hologram Hey Jedi Master Ren, it's your fellow Trophy Hunter here, Naka And serious question for you this week. When you game, snack or no snack? If you don't snack, why not? And if you do snack, what is your snack of choice? Okay, so snack or no snack when I game? I'm going to have to be honest, I do snack from time to time. Now, there are some rules. I can only snack when I do not have to touch anything. As in, not touch anything, but I do not have to touch the food that is going into my mouth. If I have to touch the food, there is no snacking then. So if there is not an edible food that cannot be eaten out of maybe, let's say, a bag, like some chips, I usually prefer hot Cheetos. I have, who oh boy, I have been um a hot cheetos fanatic since i was a kid and i blame my mother because she used to eat two big bags of hot cheetos while she was pregnant with me while i was in her little tummy so yeah i think uh that seeped in somewhat and that's yeah that is where i'm sitting at but um i really do love hot cheetos i do the extra hot extra flaming hot cheetos and obviously with flaming hot cheetos or really any chips with dust any it doesn't even matter any chips They get on you, get on your fingers, you know what I'm saying? And I will not have a greasy controller, especially not these new ones, not my purple controller. No, no, we're not doing that, of course not. So, and and that's a huge pet peeve of mine, is greasy controllers, and that has always been a huge pet peeve of mine, is greasy controllers, man. Like, since I was, shoot, like, four or five, man, like, playing on the PlayStation 1, and... My friend would come over, he'd do he'd be eating chips and then grab the sticks and then give me the sticks back and the freaking controller is just greasy and dirty and I'm like, "What? That that's not how I gave it to you, my guy. Like what's going on? Like I knew that was jacked up when I was 5. You know, and I was just like, "Man, ever since then I was I I cannot. I cannot touch Really, anything, even my phone, like I can't touch my phone with greasy hands. And if I do, I've got to get like a paper towel, wipe that off, make sure it's not greasy because I just don't like that feeling. I really don't. So it goes as far as that when I snack. So if I can't, if it's something that is like messy, no, I'm not doing that. If it's like, you know, like let's say a charcuterie board, no, because I got that's finger food. I can't do finger food because I'm not, no, I can't do that. Now, um, you know, i I do I do occasionally, I do occasionally have some Tootsie Rolls. You know? Have a little have a little stack, have a little four, five Tootsie rolls sitting there that'll that will last me for well shoot, I don't know, maybe the session. We'll see. You know, it depends on how intense we get and I might need something to chew on, you know? So <laughs> but I I I really I if I'm if I'm doing anything again, yeah, snacking while gaming, it's probably mostly just the hot cheetos if i can put it in a cup you know a cup that i could eat it out of without touching it if i got to touch it then i'm putting the game on pause going somewhere else and like that's the same thing with like eating too like let's say oh well maybe there's a food that you don't have to touch that you can eat and like let's say like uh spaghetti you know let's say spaghetti you eat it with a fork so i don't i mean some people eat with their hands you know but i'm not going to judge but eat it with a fork, I do. so yeah, maybe that's not what you know, maybe you could be gaming while you eat that. No, if I'm sitting down eating food, nothing. not or I, I, we, we do something. we're putting on uh, a, a show to watch or something like that. but um, for snacking like that, yeah, if it's chips, yes, if it's anything else, then I'm probably I'm probably just gonna again put a show on for or put something on YouTube for like 10 minutes, snack real quick get that hunger out of the way, and then continue gaming. Or get lost in the abyss of YouTube, which sometimes happens, you know, on a late night. So it's probably going to happen after I'm done recording tonight. So, um, but yeah, buddy, that's what I got for you. And that's what I have for all of you guys listening to this episode of the JMR Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at jedi master ren again the r in ren is the same r for master please remember to follow the show wherever you get your podcast services and as always except for last week because i did forget may the force be with you